The Aggies got a big win over South Carolina, but the second half scoring still has me concerned. You are locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Second half scoring has been a concern. You know, once again, and I talked about this a little bit on the post-game show, reaction show that came out on Saturday. You can win a football game, and there still be things that we go, ooh, this is not going to fly. South Carolina is not a good football team. I just, they're not. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think that South Carolina is a good football team. I think that next week you play a really good team in Ole Miss that we're going to break this down a little bit. Then you play Mississippi State, another not good football team. So South Carolina, my, what I'm getting at here is you can make mistakes and still leave this game with a win. That's what the Aggies did. So let's talk about this stat from Carter Carroll's over um, with 24-7 sports. So he says, in its last four games, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina being the last four games. Texas A&M hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in the second half. The Aggie offense has generated 18 points, six field goals in those four second halves combined. Uh, um, You know, it's one of those stats where you kind of just go, how is that possible? How, How is this even possible? I look at this. And, you know, why do you lose to Bama? Why do you lose to Tennessee? Well, there's a couple good reasons why. Um, I mean, it's just you can't win football games. You can't win football games when you can't score in the second half, when you can't close, when you can't get things done. I mean, it's, it's extremely frustrating with how well the offense was moving in the first half that you're not able to score a touchdown in the second half. I mean, because here's the deal. That's how you let teams back in. I mean, you know, this wasn't – Texas A&M didn't win this game by a whole bunch of points. You know, they won by 13 points. The Gamecocks were in this one, you know, until the very end. And that's not a very good football team. And I really break that down to the fact, simply, you got to score in the second half. We have got – I'm here – Plain and simple, you are not beating Ole Miss on Saturday if you don't score a touchdown in the second half. I can tell you that this second, if on the road against an offense like that, if you don't score in the second half, you're going to lose by 21 points or more. So I am concerned about this going in. I'm I am extremely concerned about this going into the Ole Miss game because it ain't gonna fly. It ain't gonna fly against. Ole Miss. It's just not the stuff. The stuff that'll that'll be fine against 
Auburn and Arkansas and um, South Carolina and Mississippi State is not going to fly against Tennessee and Bama and Ole Miss and LSU, like we've already seen against Tennessee and Alabama. So if you want to win this football upcoming football game, which we're going to talk more about the Ole Miss game in segment two today, you've got to score in the second half. These issues have to get figured out. And what's so frustrating about it is knowing how well the Aggies move the football in the first half and they still move the ball in the second half, but you got to finish drives. You got to finish drives. We've talked about it. So that's my number one takeaway. Some of my other takeaways here are, are positives, but that was one that was one that was definitely a negative. I, I'm concerned about the second half scoring because you have to put up, you have to close. You have to be able to close. It's one thing my dad says all the time. I've said on the show before, but you have to you have to play to win the game, not play to not lose the game. And I feel like Coach Fisher a lot of times plays to not lose the game. I'll tell you this, I was happy with some Coach Fisher decisions. We talked about the timeout heading into halftime. Led to an Anaya Smith, a beautiful touchdown play on a, on a great pass from Max Johnson. I was, I mean, I I wanted to just like buy Coach Fisher an adult beverage when I saw that. I was just like that. That was awesome. I wanted to buy him a beer. I mean, it was really cool that he did that. But once again, just sum up that takeaway: if you don't score in the second half, you're not going to beat Ole Miss. You have got to get this figured out, get this corrected because it's going to be a big deal if it can't get fixed. The next thing I have that's more of a positive is the sacks and tackles for loss. The Aggies really didn't have all that many sacks in this game. Let me give you the exact number. Was it three or four? Let me see. Four, which I mean, once again, I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of teams that are averaging like two sacks a game. So four sacks is, but for this Texas A&M defensive line front seven that we've seen, and even secondaries getting some sacks, that's not a ton of sacks. But still, not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's not like seven, like we've seen, you know, uh, sometimes this season. So four sacks, two of those go to Bryce Anderson, one goes to Cooper. We're going to talk about Cooper's PFF grade in segment three. I literally, when I saw it, I like closed PFF on my computer and opened it back up because I just didn't believe it was real, and it was real. So I mean, it, it his PFF grade, which we'll get to, was insane. And then uh, Fidel Diggs had a sack. But the number that stood out to me, 10 tackles for loss. Tackles for loss are, are just winning football plays. I mean, here's the deal. A goal for an offense is to move the football forward every play. You want to gain something, obviously. I'm not, I'm not telling you all something you don't know in that. But instead of, you know, coaches love first down, you get four or five yards, second and six, second and five, second down, you get two, three yards, third and one, third and two, or pick up a first down. Coaches love that. So when your first down run turns into a two-yard loss, so instead of looking at maybe second and six or even like second and eight, you're looking at second and 12, that is a problem for offenses. It's hard to pick up 12 yards. That is what Texas A&M's defense does. They just create havoc and continually, continually, continually make tackles for loss happen. This this defensive line, front seven, I mean, you know, safety's coming in, corners coming in to help. It's just this defense loves to just create havoc, blow plays up. It's fun to see. I mean, it's it's fun to to look over at the opposing quarterback and just be like, I bet he has zero confidence right now because he is just getting hammered every time he catches the football. There's always someone in his face. He's got to make quick decisions that leads to poor decisions. 
I was I was very happy with with the sacks and tackles for loss in this game. Like I said, when I was talking about well, only four, I wasn't saying that was a bad thing. I'm saying like, huh, you know, it seems like they normally get like nine, ten, or eleven. Kidding, but that was another positive takeaway. The last positive takeaway we're going to talk about before we move into a few more in segment two is we talked about what you had to do to win this football game, and it was black and white, plain and simple: shut down Spencer Rattler. And you did that. I mean, let's look at the numbers for Spencer Rattler. 20 for 33, 176 yards through the air, one touchdown, a QBR of a whopping 38.9. That is how you you, you shut someone down. I was, I was going to be happy if you held them under 250. I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, if you keep w- with the secondary issues and the deep ball issues and some of the big play targets over there, I was like, all right, if you – Stop Spencer Rattler. If you keep him to 250 and under, I'll be happy. You kept him to 176 yards. Are you kidding? I was extremely, extremely happy with that. Um, they have some talented wideouts, some big play receivers, and you held those guys down. This was this was really great to see. I mean, I, I was happy. Secondary, we'll talk about some of the PFF grades, but um, some of these guys paid graded out well. We're going to talk about the, the rotation we saw at corner a little bit. But I was happy with the secondary. I think there were some things early that I wasn't stoked about, but they settled in. They figured it out. Um, you know, More pressure and more tackles for loss helped them out, but they figured it out, which made me feel better. And, oh, golly, do they have a big test coming up as we got Ole Miss coming up on Saturday. So. Um, yeah, I was happy with the I was happy with how they shut down Rattler and the run game. I mean, truly, this defense did what they needed to do to win this football game. It was great to see. It was great to see the Aggies shut down those two components of the game because it really felt to me that's all you had to do to win the game against a not great South Carolina team. You just couldn't let Rattler throw for 375 and three. That's how you lose this game. You, of course, don't let him do that. And not only do you not let him do that, he had a really bad game. Love to see it. It was a really good thing to see. The Aggies did a great job. You did what you needed to do to win the football game. Still stuff to clean up, but the win is a win. We're going to talk about some more takeaways and some severe punting issues coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. First, we are going to talk about our wonderful friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in their global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're consistently, excuse me, they're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. Athletic Brewing Company sent me a six-pack. Incredibly good stuff. I loved it. I ordered some more. You have got to go check them out. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. We're also going to talk about our other wonderful friends over at eBay Motors. 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whatever, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Back to some of these takeaways from this ball game, takeaways from this win over South Carolina. We're going to talk about the cornerback at rotation. We saw a bunch of guys. We saw uh, Tariq Chappelle in there, of course. We saw Sam McCall. We saw a little Deuce. We saw a little Javon Thomas. So we saw some players mix in and out, which, you know, is – I don't I – don't, completely hate that because I just think there's still things to figure out. There are still things that need to get figured out. And at the end of the day, it, you know, this can keep people, this can keep people healthy. This can keep people fresh. I almost, I, what I'm, what I'm battling, if I want to kind of go, go through my thoughts on this or not, I'm thinking like, I know this isn't a normal football thing that we see all the time, but keep some of these guys fresh. I'm cool with, you know, cornerbacks all play different styles of football. I would be cool seeing against Ole Miss a team that loves, uh, loves to. Well, they have they're, they're a balanced attack, but they can throw, they can they can air it out. I'd love to see you maybe mix some different guys in and out and keep keep them guessing, keep them keep everybody fresh. I almost would be interested to see how that works out. I know that's not a general football thing, but it, I was I was thinking about that last night. I was like, wonder if if they if that should be something the Aggies do. But beside the point. The rotation at quarterback was interesting, but I mean, at cornerback was interesting. But I think that you saw lots of guys get reps. You saw the young guy and Thomas get some reps. All good stuff to see, um, and I think it just helps these players all get better. So that was interesting to me. The next thing, and then once again, Sam McCall. I've been begging for it, begging for. It. I said on the reaction show, I literally teared up a little bit when I saw Sam McCall out there break up a pass, give the big incomplete, and I mean, I was stoked when I saw that Sam McCall graded out of the 67.5 in his, I think it was like 15, 16 snaps. So it was good to see him out there. It was good to see him out there. Hopefully, because we talked about him in the off season. I wasn't sure if he was going to start, but I said, you know, he, he's a young guy. He's going to be around a long time unless he hits the portal, but he already used his portal up. So I don't know, you know, I, I kind of figure he'll be around. Um, so he'll be around. So seeing him gain some confidence, seeing him get better, getting some reps makes me happy for the future. But uh, I loved seeing him. Oh, quick update. I wanted to say I mentioned earlier. I forgot to. Le'Veon Moss, Coach Fisher said in the post game, his post game presser that Le'Veon Moss is going to be, should, should be good to go next week. Um, and he was kind of like going to give it a go before the game. Wasn't able to make it happen. Um, and I, I agree with it because I'd rather have him out there against Ole Miss, especially knowing you know now it's easier to say now that we got the win over South Carolina. I'd, I'd rather you know keep him healthy, not risk further injury, and have him good to go for the Ole Miss games. But that's a little update on Le'Veon Moss. Punting, Constantino. I 
Constantino was a good punter for a long time. I, talking about it heading into the into the in, during the offseason, heading into the season, I thought he'd be a weapon. I say this all the time. Having a good punter is a weapon. You want to have a guy who can punt the football far, give you a good hang time, pin the opponent inside the 20-yard line. Um, Constantino just hasn't punted well this year. Listen to his numbers on punts yesterday. His long was 37 yards, 37, 33, 31, 34 for an average punt of 33.8 yards. I mean, that's just not, and he had zero punts inside the 20. That's just not helping the Aggies. Is it time to make a move? Is it time to put somebody else in the game? Is it time to, is it time to let somebody else punt? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you got a freshman punter. I, it might be time to give somebody else a shot because at the end of the day, it is a big deal. It, punting is a big deal. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Punting is a seriously big deal. You've got to be able to punt the football, and it needs to be a weapon. There are some teams. I was watching a game, I think it was like Mississippi State, where their punter, I'm watching this guy, and I'm just like, wow. I mean, this dude is booting the football, pinning it like inside the 10 a couple times. I'm like, Constantino just isn't doing that really. I mean, he's not kicking the ball far. So having a punter, winning the field position game can win football games. And when you don't have a punter who can kick it far or can pin the opponent inside the 10, inside the 20, it's a big deal. So, I mean, Constantino needs to figure it out, needs to get better, or it could be time to maybe switch in a new punter. I mean, really, that's how how how, how concerning and frustrating I think this has become. So that's going to wrap up our takeaways. I want to talk a little bit about the Ole Miss game and how I literally have right. I have this written down right here. I have rest of the season, rest of season Ole Miss coming up. This is your. It feels like this is your season. Because I, I, I think that there's different scenarios you can play out. Aggie fans want Texas A&M to win out. Is that possible? I believe it is. I do. I, I, would I bet on it? No. Do I think it's possible? I do think it's possible. Yes. And so looking at this, I just kind of sit and think to myself, you know, it, this game's everything. I think that it, it, I think that winning this game right now will make if you win this game because I don't you're not going to lose to Mississippi State you're not going to lose to Abilene Christian if you win this game on Saturday I, I, you go into LSU with nine with a chance at nine and three and to me that is uh, that's exciting that would be that would be to me exciting if we saw Texas A&M nine and three finish you nine and three going into a bowl game and I think well I mean obviously you can't lose again if you want to go nine and three but Winning this game, I think, could be a, a bit of confidence heading into that football game. Is it going to, you know, I, I just, I think winning this football game could be, is going to be incredibly, incredibly important. It feels like your season is seriously on the line in this game. I think if you lose this game, I lose a lot of confidence in your ability to beat LSU. I just think it's going to be hard. So I think this game, my, what I'm kind of getting at here is I think this game is the difference in seven and five or nine and three. Um, I think if you lose, I don't think you beat LSU. I just think LSU is a tough place to play, and I think there's a lot more motivation on the line if you're going into that game looking for a nine and three record compared to going into that game looking for eight and four. I just think the difference to this team is going to be it will be a big deal. So, you know, I think that the rest, 
this whole miss game is going to be everything. One thing I would say, coaches always say early kickoffs, 11 noon, wherever you're watching, uh, wherever you're, you know, list tuning in from this game is going to be either 11 or, or noon your time. And so early games, coaches talk all the time. Home teams don't like when they're hosting an underdog. It's kind of how I felt about South Carolina. Home teams don't like hosting an underdog with the noon 11 kickoff or, you know, the 11 or noon kickoff. People don't like it because, you know, the crowd's not always as energized. You know, here's the deal. At uh, at Ole Miss, we know how they tailgate. You're going to have a lot of people like zombies in the stadium when, when they got to when they got to, you know, drink a, a beer in the shower. So that's kind of what I just think that the atmosphere won't be great. I don't think it's really a great atmosphere at all Miss anyway, but in early kickoff, I really don't think you're going to see a great atmosphere. So take advantage of it. Sneak up on them, beat them. You know, having one of those games that they look up at the scoreboard, the game is like, oh, wow, we lost. Well, how'd that happen? I mean, just make it, get in, get out like a ninja. Get in there, get out, samurai. Cut people up, get in, get out, go home, win the game. I think that is why I like it being an early kickoff. So um, I just I, I think this game's it, ladies and gentlemen. This game really feels like your season. If you want to put together the year that we've talked about, if you want to have a shot at nine and three, once again, obviously, like no, you know, obviously you can't go nine and three if you lose this game, but I just think the confidence it'll bring will really give you a shot to do it. So this game is everything. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll break down this game all week right here on Locked on Aggies. It's going to be a ton of fun because this is going to be a really fun football game. We're going to talk about some stats and some PFF grades against South Carolina coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. We have to talk about my amazing friends over at prize picks i love prize picks i mean prize picks is the most fun thing in the entire world it is the most fun way to bet on sports to bet on props i love they give you a line simple as they give you a line and they say over and under whether it's it's passing yards in the nfl whether it's uh base hits in the in the mlb it's points assist rebounds in the nba whatever it is you get a number and you go higher or lower I love it. It's just so much fun. It tests your your ball knowing ability. I mean, truly, it's. I mean, you watch this and you're like, okay, is um is is Mahomes gonna go for 280 tonight? Oh, I don't know. It's a good defense. You know, it, it it tests. I just I love it. It's a ton of fun. It is the best way to do your sports betting. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Makes the game more fun. I promise. Go check out prize picks. You will not regret it. Running through a few stats from this ball game and looking at some PFF grades before we call it a day here on Monday's episode of Locked On Aggies. PFF grades: Anaya Smith had a seventy-six point five great grade, great game from um from Anias. Was happy to see him. We talked about him all week. It was good to see. You know, I said, hey, we need to see Anias have a big game. I'm pretty sure that was the title of an episode. I was like, we, I, this needs to be a breakout game for Anias. And what does he do? He just goes on to have six receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. Love to see that. 
The offensive line, besides Robinson and Zune, the offensive line graded out poorly. Those two guys, Bryce Foster's wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Uh, but Zune and Robinson graded out well, and then everybody else, it was rough. Uh, Naboo was rough. Basantis, it was rough. The, the, the grades were not great for the offensive line. Now, I will tell you, it felt like more, and maybe there was just a lot of pressure. South Carolina did only sack Max Johnson three times. Um, so, you know, that makes me feel a little bit better. That, But, you know, I saw a lot. He's getting hit, and I, he gets folded like a pretzel mid-throw all the time. I mean, that, I've never seen that happen to somebody so often. I mean, it's like he's like, you know, you get hit, and then, like, your your legs and your your upper body comes forward when you get hit, and he's, like, throwing the football. It happens, like, three times a game. I've never seen that. But we saw that again. That's what, uh, and so he's got to have time. Max has got to have time. I mean, he had a good game, 20 for 30, 249 yards and a touchdown, 66.8 QBR. But he's got to just have more time in the pocket. He has, you got to give him more time in the pocket. Um, oh, Cooper's PFF grade. Edgerton Cooper's PFF grade. I told you I joked earlier in the show. I pulled it up, closed the tab because I didn't believe it and refreshed. 93.6. Not a joke. Not a joke. Legitimate. I said this. This is another thing I said on the reaction show. I mean, he has made himself a lot of money. He has made himself a load, a boatload of money this season. Let's look at his stats for this ballgame. Seven tackles, six solo tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, a pass deflection. And then didn't he? No, McKinley Jackson recovered that fumble. Um, but it's just great to see. It's great to see these things. It's great to see Cooper playing so well. He's going to make himself some money. We talked about Bryce Anderson, seven tackles, five solo, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss and a pass deflection. What a great game from, from BA. It was good to see him play well. York, another guy graded out well, 75.4 had, uh, six tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. I remember one of them was just a great play. Three solo tackles. York is going to be a star. I mean, I've never been so confident saying something going for it. I mean, he's going to be a star in this league. I think he's going to be like a, a, a first-team All-SEC kind of preseason guy next season. So York's going to be a beast. He's just – he's so good, and he's so young. And so young. So seeing him come in and play linebacker as a freshman, I mean, it's just crazy to see. It's awesome. He's going to be good for a really long time. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all so much for tuning in every single day. I really appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you all. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I saw somebody ask about my fishing trip in the comments. I'll respond to that today. I just saw it. But did well. Um, my papa and I, we lit up the Spanish mackerel, and we lit up the black drum. Had a great time doing it. Caught a couple bluefish as well. Really good time. It was great to spend time with my mom and my grandparents. It was a good time. So thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Fishing trip was great. Glad to be back with y'all in studio doing everything normal. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great Monday. I know it's Monday, but have a good one. And we will see you tomorrow.